Welcome to the Kupinger Kohl Analyst Chat. I'm your host. My name is Matthias Reinwart. I'm the director of the practice Identity Nexus Management here at Kupinger Kohl. My guest today is John Tolbert. He is the research director for cybersecurity at Kupinger Kohl Analysts. And we want to continue a discussion that we started very early. But first of all, hi, John. Good to see you. Hello, Matthias. Good to see you again. Great to have you. And we do an update on a topic. I've looked it up, actually, because it, it sounded familiar to me. We did this in one of our very first um, episodes way back then. We were not even black and white. We were even without video. Uh, so that was episode seven, and we talked about FRIP, about fraud redu reduction intelligence platforms, and we want to update that. What has happened in the meantime, John? Well, that's a great question. Um, we've done a couple of iterations of this report. It's a comparative report on the different fraud reduction intelligence platforms that are out there in the market. Uh, and this one just published at the end of April. So fresh information uh, for any company that, or organization that's interested in how to add fraud reduction, fraud detection capabilities to their websites or their services. Right. When you talk about fraud, has fraud changed since 2020? Do we see new types of fraud? And what I think cyber criminals have evolved, didn't they? Yeah, unfortunately, cyber criminals are very innovative. Um, you know, we're still facing a lot of the same kinds of fraud, but a lot of the techniques that they use have changed. Uh, they're constantly morphing what they do to try to, you know, uh, be able to have successful uh, fraud campaigns uh, as, as businesses try to keep up. So that's kind of a constant back and forth with uh, innovation there between the fraudsters and the uh, fraud detection uh, services that are out there. But yeah, you know, we're always uh, trying to prevent things like account takeovers. Uh, those are, you know, just what they sound like, you know, trying to get access to, you know, a legitimate person's account, um, you know, probably to take money or anything else that can be turned into currency uh, and just about every kind of business out there or government agency or nonprofit agency can be a target of account takeover fraud. You know, then we also have account opening fraud that's been going on for a long time too. That's where uh, a fraudster will take information about a real person and then use that to try to create an account. Uh, you know, that looks like another person, uh, often for, you know, even greater financial gain, you know, opening an account, using it as a, a mule account, money laundering, you know, taking out lines of credit, um, you know, large scale financial fraud. So on the whole, I'd say these are the two biggest types and there are lots of permutations of that that we see uh, in the marketplace as well. Right. When we say fraud reduction intelligence platforms, there's the word platform included, and that hints at a, a collection of technologies. Um, what are the typical ways to um, prevent or, or at least to detect uh, fraud when it comes to such systems? Where can we really support in here? Well, you know, we've identified what I'd call six major areas, six 
methods, technologies that are used by these fraud reduction intel platforms. Uh, the first one is identity proofing. Uh, you know, and this is about raising the overall identity assurance level. This is great for, you know, complying with know your customer initiatives, anti-money laundering laws, sanction screening. It helps reduce account opening fraud. Then there's credential intelligence. This is, you know, simply knowing, you know, within one FRIP service provider where uh, another credential may have recently been used uh, to to try to perpetrate fraud. So they share this information, you know, amongst their customers. And there are some, you know, consortia out there where they can share information between different fraud reduction Intel platforms too. And then this again helps prevent account takeover uh, fraud. Um, then there's device intelligence, knowing uh, a bit about the device the request is emanating from, uh, you know, the IP address, maybe the operating system level, uh, whether or not it looks like it's being influenced by malware, um, location, you know, bits of information about uh, the device itself. Uh, then there's user behavioral analysis. That's, again, something really good at helping to prevent ATO fraud, account takeover fraud. Uh, that's looking at, you know, things like even transaction history. Uh, you know, if you normally go to the site, is the transaction you're trying to make something that, you know, fits your normal baseline? If not, that should raise a, you know, a red flag and ask for some sort of verification there. And then there's behavioral biometrics. We see that more and more often. That's really good for a number of things, not only account takeover to detection, even account opening detection, uh, knowing how a user normally works with their device, whether it be a phone or, or the, a keyboard, you know, the uh, keystrokes and mouse analysis, those things can be used to sort of develop an individual profile. And then it can be determined whether or not a given transaction type or a, a, an attempt to open an account may or may not be actually coming from the person that it purports to be. And that's also good for bot detection, uh, which is the next thing, bot detection and management. Uh, an awful lot of fraud is perpetrated by bots because, you know, the cyber, yeah, they want to automate it, make it faster. Uh, so it, it's good to be able to not only detect when it's a bot, but be able to decide what to do with it. Because there are, are legitimate bots out there that get business done every day, too. So you don't want to just say, oh, that's a bot and shut it down because some bots are actually good. Absolutely. And if we look at this list of key technologies, techniques that you just mentioned. Um, we're talking about fraud prevention, fraud detection, but I think there are other use cases where these techniques also make perfect sense. Me as an advisor, I'm, I'm often right now asked also for these technologies in other um, um, areas when it comes to enterprise employees, when it comes to partner management. So these technologies are more widely used as well. So fraud reduction intelligence platforms are one driver for a technology that evolves also into other areas, right? Yeah, you know, that's a great point. Um, Fraud reduction technologies do sort of exist independently in the market, but over the last couple of years, we've seen them become, you know, widely requested integrations for CIA and, you know, consumer or customer identity and access management. And you're absolutely right. There is 
a lot of use for these kinds of technologies on the employee workforce side of things too. Not necessarily to, you know, try to prevent the same kinds of fraud, but, you know, maybe to prevent insider threats. So some of the same techniques or technologies can be used to uh, detect uh, malfeasance from not only employees, but let's say you have a big um, contractor workforce or you have, you know, high turnover for whatever reason, and you need to maybe be able to do some identity proofing of, you know, large numbers of, of users that, that come and go. There are, you know, many more uses, I think, that we're going to see for workforce IAM as well. Right, exactly. And um, but now that you've looked at the market since 2020 or even longer, um, what are new developments that you can see? What has changed in the market at the vendors and the functionality? Um, what are some insights that you can share from the latest edition of your leadership compass? Well, we're covering more uh, vendors in the space. And, you know, whereas some may have had, you know, uh, two or three or four of these different functional areas that you see here, uh, you know, most of them are growing toward including all of these different kinds of capabilities, either within their own platforms or you know, with uh, pretty deep integrations or OEM arrangements with uh, other specialists in the field. You know, we've also seen a big increase in uh, the need for identity proofing outside of just like for finance, for AML, anti-money laundering. Uh, other industries are now much more interested in trying to raise that identity assurance level to the appropriate level for their business. Um, you know, one example that I've heard about that I think is pretty interesting is um, like short-term rentals you know, getting getting a little bit more information. You may have, may have even noticed this if you've tried to stay at a short-term rental place where, you know, you may have to provide a driver's license or some other official document to uh, be able to register with the site. Uh, so, I mean, I think that's another example of how uh, different kinds of businesses want to, to raise that identity assurance level just a little bit. Um, we see more use of credential intelligence, uh, mostly within an individual, you know, FRIP vendor's platform. Um, but again, there's, you know, a little bit of movement toward, uh, you know, sharing signals between different organizations, too. And I guess, lastly, you know, behavioral biometrics, it, Uh, is not brand new technology, but we are starting to see more and more vendors use that or partner with specialists in that field to make sure that their FRIP solution can include behavioral biometrics because it does drive so much bot detection too. Right. And as you said, that the vendors are covering more and more of these areas in one platform. Is there also still room for startups, for new technologies, for niche providers that actually provide solutions that have never seen before? Yeah, yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, we, we see a few of those come into existence every year, uh, especially, you know, on the consumer facing side. Uh, because of exactly that. If somebody has a, a good idea, a new technology that can actually help reduce fraud, then, yeah, there's there's definitely room in the market for uh, innovation like that. And then I think the key to their uh, growth 
success is then partnering with some of these larger vendors to make sure that their uh, their customers are able to integrate the the new startup technology as well. Right. So understanding that market segment, um, therefore, the Leadership Compass is a perfect tool because you give insight into the platforms and how they work, but also show those vendors to watch that actually add additional functionality while also um, laying open the, the interdependency between in, in individual um, vendors that, that col collaborate and provide services together and interact with each other. So I think for those who are interested in these technologies, and maybe even in fraud reduction or other use cases, uh, it's highly recommended that you go to copingacall.com and, and pick up your most recent version of the Leadership Compass. Fripp, some final additional words that you want to mention when you think back on the research that you ended by April? Um, just, yeah, check back off. And this is a very um, popular subject. Um, not only do... Companies in the banking and finance world need to prevent fraud, but I think everybody's experienced fraud of one type or another, whether as a consumer or, you know, working for an e-commerce company or, you know, a government agency. There was so much uh, fraud that affects, you know, local and state government agencies as well and, and nonprofit organizations, too. So, unfortunately, all these kinds of organizations are targeted. And I would say, yeah, please Take a look at the report. If you have questions, let me know, and we will definitely be updating it again uh, in the not-too-distant future. Absolutely. I, I highly recommend that as well. If there are any questions regarding this episode, these technologies to John regarding fraud re reduction um, and fraud reduction intelligence platforms, leave them in the comments below this video if you're watching that on YouTube or reach out to John and me via our email address or via the website. We are happy to discuss this uh, further and um, looking forward to your feedback. And if you have recommendations, anything to share with us, just let us know. So for the time being, thank you very much, John, for being my guest today and for sharing insight into this um, interesting and evolving market. And I think the technologies that are behind there are also really, yeah, top-notch. And this is really something that is worthwhile looking at also from a technology perspective, so for the geeks of us. So thank you very much. And um, looking forward to having you soon for a new episode. Great. Thanks, Matthias. Thank you and bye-bye.